This week, I want to snowball off of last week's episode. Last week, we talked about setting boundaries for the holidays. And a part of setting boundaries is recognizing that there's this really important thing that we need to do in all of our relationships, and that's communicate. And if you don't communicate, what you tend to do is adopt a mindset that is very black and white in thinking. You tend to think if it's not working easily with this person without me having to say anything, then I should just cut it off. Or a lot of you go, well, if it's not working easily with this person, I guess I just have to endure it and be tormented by it and abused by it. None of that is true. And today I want to, I want to dig into that a little bit more. You know, this, this thought process that Everybody should just know how to treat you without you having to speak up for yourself. Or people who have never spoken up for themselves feeling annoyed that they even have to say something to somebody to be treated the way they want. And finally, the third part of this is the the mentality that if it's not easy, I should just cut it off. I should just cut it off. Now, there are specific contexts where, yeah, it's very obvious you should probably just cut it off. But that should not be your go-to process straight out the gate. There's an in-between. There's a balance. There are things called boundaries and communication that need to be implemented before you reach the conclusion in most cases. And we'll dig into that and I'll identify when, when is it acceptable to just chop it off to just block somebody, to just, you know, cut them out of your life completely for good. But in more than more cases than not, you're going to have to speak up. You're going to have to say something. You're going to have to respect yourself. You're going to have to uphold your boundaries before you get to that point. So buckle your seatbelts, baby. Let's get on this, uh, this uh, little wild ride. You know, I see and hear this often, right? And and this is partially why I monitor the comments under my own posts, because I don't like bad advice. Matter of fact, I hate bad advice. And sometimes, more times than not, people are not asking for advice. They're commenting, they're sharing, and then somebody pops in out of nowhere and offers some unsolicited bullshit that is the worst piece of advice I've ever seen. And and quite frankly, a lot of things that I see online are the worst (laughs) pieces of advice I have ever seen, Uh, which is why I'm so thorough when I share or post anything, because, you know, you have to recognize a couple things. One is anybody posting online, it's it's going to be generalized even when we're a professional doing it. We generalize it. We have to generalize it. Now, any professional who has the mentality that, you know, the same piece of advice can apply for every single person they work with, they're a bad professional. Don't work with them, period. 
period, you can't give the same piece of advice to everyone. Generally speaking, yes. Like I can tell every single person that when you are dealing with other people and you do not like how you're being treated, that you should probably speak up and set a boundary. Generally speaking. But there is context that might change that. And that context is specific to you that other person, and that particular conversation, and that particular situation. So I cannot take the advice that I give person A and go and and package it up and give it to person B. It is individualized. And so when I see people online or I hear people in real life offering this advice like, oh, I, I didn't like how this person spoke to me or or was acting, so I just cut them off. I just cut them off. That piece of advice right there is hands down the worst piece of advice you're ever going to get. When is it acceptable to cut people off? Let's list it out for you. It is acceptable to cut somebody off immediately when it is a dangerous, life-threatening situation. They are threatening your life. They are um, trying to hurt you physically, trying to kill you physically, things like that. Totally acceptable. Get the fuck away from that person, right? When else is it acceptable? It's acceptable to just cut somebody off completely when you do not have any type of personal relationship established with that person, i.e. a stranger on the internet or a random person that you just matched with on a dating app. I used to get plenty of these when I was on dating apps when I was single. I would get some random person, it looked like a real person, it looked like a real profile, match the whole nine yards, start chatting. Within five seconds of that conversation, they go from, hey, what do you do for a living? Or how are you? Or whatever, like some basic banter, to immediately going sexual right? To asking for a photo, to insinuating something really dirty, whatever. They immediately go to an inappropriate place right off the bat. Now, sure. Yes. Well, let's be real. There's plenty of people that are on dating apps for that purpose alone, and that's fine. That was not why I was ever on one. And therefore, that was a hard fucking no. I don't know you. I've never spoken to you. We've talked for maybe all of five minutes or less, Boom, done, unmatch the whole nine yards. I don't need anything further in this exchange, right? So when you're dealing with someone where you already know there's no relationship here, I just met this person or, you know, bumped into them, matched with them, or they're interacting with me on the internet. So there's no history. There's no established relationship or rapport with this, and they are just being inappropriate, disrespectful, rude. Now, if you take that general understanding, right, random people you don't have an established relationship or rapport with, take that and apply it to any other um, environment or or situation that you're in, i.e. work or the coffee shop or the freaking side, I almost said street corner, and I was like, get it together, Amy, where... <laughs> Street corner works too. Uh, school, um, 
uh, friends of friends, right? Long distance relatives uh, that, you know, you really have no relationship with. You don't talk to, you haven't seen in ages and maybe you bump into them at a wedding or a funeral. That's the, the majority of us over here when <laughs> we have estranged relationships with our relatives. <laughs> I gotta get it together. And I'm a little sick, so you're gonna have to pardon the voice. Now, obviously, you can take that and you can apply it to uh, work environments, to, um, you know, environments where you are spending time with your friends and they bring in other friends that you're not necessarily friends with or have never met yet, right? Like, there's, there's no established rapport. There's no actual relationship that you went out seeking, right? It was a matter of you being in an environment where it was presented to you and you can invite it or you don't have to. But when we are dealing with relationships that you have gone out searching for or have allowed into your life, then to do this very black and white type of thing where it's do what I say Treat me how I'm demanding you treat me or else I'm cutting you off or I'm blocking you or I'm ignoring you or I'm kicking you out or whatever. There is a gray area in between both of those and that that gray area is important to maintain and sustain friendships, relationships, family relationships, any type of relationship you have. Now, boundaries obviously are the key to that. Speaking up, communicating is the key to that balance, that in-between, right? Granted, I could, I could challenge or be challenged, let's say, by, by anyone because there's always going to be some person who goes, yeah, but what if my boyfriend says this or what if my best friend says this? Yes, there are specific contexts where it's maybe some sort of outrageous situation, some highly abusive, uh, verbally abusive, physically abusive, whatever situation where it just might leave no room at that point for you to reconcile, right? Or forgive. That's where it's okay to be like, you know what? This has run its course. However, In most cases, that's not going to be what happens. In most of your relationships, you're going to want to speak up for yourself, establish the boundaries, uphold the boundaries. Uphold. Oh, I get so frustrated because a lot of you are like, yeah, I set a boundary, I set a boundary, I set a boundary. But none of of y'all seem to remember that you've also got to respect those boundaries yourself. I said it, I said it, Amy, I said it, and they're not doing it. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's a whole different episode, but you get my point. He said, you got to uphold them. And then, you know, everybody's got a threshold. So that's what we're going to talk about next. You have a personal threshold. I have a personal threshold. What is that threshold? Well, that threshold is my gauge for bullshit, okay? That's... Like, how much am I willing to tolerate from so-and-so until it's going to be a hard no, a hard line in the sand, a a hell to the fucking no? How long am I going to put up with 
the ignorance or somebody not getting it or hearing me or wanting or being willing to respect me? How long am I going to tolerate having to uphold this boundary firmly with someone who's being difficult? That's the key here, right? That threshold normally is applicable for difficult relationships because you don't really fucking need it when you're dealing with healthy, mature, supportive individuals. And as somebody, and this is why I sound like an expert on it because I am an expert on it because I'm not only educated on it, but I've lived it. I've lived it. And I think that's what really establishes the trust between you guys and myself is that you know I've been through it. So here's the thing. I've been through really abusive relationships and I have really healthy relationships now. And I can tell you that in the healthy relationships, there is really no bullshit. There's nothing. When you're dealing with emotionally mature, mentally mature, respectful, supportive human beings, which by the way, I didn't know existed for a long time because all I knew was unsupportive, disrespectful, emotionally immature, dysregulated people. So I didn't even know this other side of the the coin existed. But now that I do, and I've had my toe in both, both sides, I can tell you that this, my, my threshold is really not needed. Like it's not even something that I think about when it comes to these healthy interactions. It still exists. It still exists. But it's not something that's prominent in my mind that I have to heavily focus on. But when I'm dealing with difficult people, and we know I still have difficult people that I interact with, okay? When you're dealing with difficult people, that's kind of at the forefront of your mind. And why is that at the forefront of your mind? Well, because it's really the gauge for how often you want to see this person or speak to this person. Like, if I've got a high tolerance for bullshit, I'm probably going to continue to re-enter environments or conversations with people who just really don't add value to my life. And most of us who have been through adverse childhood experiences, who have been through some sort of trauma or abusive relationships, we have a very high tolerance for pain. It's not a compliment. Sounds like one, but it's not. Having a high tolerance for pain is just not a good thing because you put up with a lot. You're willing to turn the other cheek to a lot. And what's driving that tolerance for pain can be a lot of things. It could be the guilt. It could be the fear of punishment, backlash, abandonment. It could be a ton of shit, but it doesn't matter. That's a different episode. The point is, is that if you've been through some shit, you probably got a pretty high tolerance for a while until you really learn this and understand where your boundaries lie. So I used to have a very high tolerance for pain. And because I had that high tolerance for pain, I put up with a lot of bullshit. I overlooked a lot of stuff. Or as a lot of you like to say, you know, how do I spot the red flags? Well, you don't really see them when you have a really high tolerance for pain. (laughs) You make excuses for them. Or you look right through them. Or they look green to you. So the gist of this this little spiel that I'm going on here is that, that that threshold determines 
how much you're going to allow and tolerate. And so before you really have boundaries or you're clear on boundaries, a lot of us tolerate a lot. I did. I'm sure a lot of you do. I put up with a lot. Shit that somebody who's healthy would look at from the outside and go, I don't know how you deal with that. Or you're so strong, Amy. Always felt like a compliment. You're so strong, Amy. You really deal with a lot. That's not a compliment. I shouldn't have to deal with a lot. I've just didn't know how to not have to deal with a lot. And unfortunately, you know, it was... It wasn't a choice at one point when I was a kid, right? And then it became a choice, but I didn't realize it was a choice as I got older, so I kept putting up with it. And then when I realized I had a choice, I still put up with it for a while because I didn't know how to detach from the guilt. And I didn't I didn't know how how many times should I say this boundary and uphold this boundary before I really am going to have to drastically change my behavior on the other end. And that's what that threshold does, is it's kind of like, are you a one and done person? Or are you like a three strikes and you're out kind of person? That's different for everybody. That's different per per thing. And thing means like per mistreatment, per abusive statement. It's different per context. So you know, let's say certain boundaries I have, the one that I always reference with with a lot of people is where I I will not, if you're angry with me, if you're annoyed about something, if you're going to escalate, if you're going to raise your voice, if you're going to start calling me names and berating me, that's what I grew up with. It's a hard no. That's a hard no because my reaction is so visceral to that because I'm traumatized by that. So I have a hard line in the sand there because I have major trauma and a bad reaction to that. But there's other shit that, you know, I can probably just ignore and not be bothered by and get myself to a neutral place on. And that's like, I really don't want to be in environments where people are just bickering with each other or not making you feel welcome. Like, it's just not good. I hate saying it this way, but I don't have a better way to say it. It's not good energy. It's not good energy, you know? Like I walked into to visit some people a week ago and I walked into their little marital disagreement and they didn't take it out on me. I was hyper vigilant though. Like I was very alert of like, if this comes in my direction, if there's a toot or an eye roll or shit, I'm leaving. And so I was able to like not feed into it, look right over it, but it's not welcoming. And so I was there for maybe less than 30 minutes and then the eye roll came from one of them and I was like, because they were eye rolling about their spouse while looking at me and I was just like, tapped out, done. So I'm going to have to go now. (laughs) I'll see you later. (laughs) I don't. I don't call them out on it. That's your argument. I'm not joining you. If I didn't show up today, you'd still be arguing. So... I'm going to let you continue. I'm just going to step out of the equation because I don't want to be present to this. I don't want to deal with it, right? So like that's one of those cases where it's like benign enough for me personally where I can just laugh it off and be like, "Mm, okay, I'm going to leave, right? So there's kind of, I hate to say it this way, 
too, but I don't have a large vocabulary today, so just hang with me. There are harmless things, right? They're a little more benign in nature where you might not have a visceral reaction to it. It might not be a heightened emotional experience in the negative sense for you. So you're just kind of like, I could turn the other cheek and totally ignore this and just continue with whatever I'm doing. But there are other things that if they're coming at you or they're around you, for you, the individual, and I'm going to emphasize this, your threshold is different than my threshold. Your threshold is different than your sibling's threshold. It's different than your parent's threshold. It's different than your spouse's threshold. We all have a different personal gauge here, okay? Period. Point blank, period. Now, what a lot of you do is you tend to try to gauge things off of those around you. Oh, well, so-and-so seems to be able to put up with this just fine, so I guess I have to. No. No, you need to figure yourself out, okay? Don't look off of me in the same room as you and go, well, she's handling it that way. I guess I should handle it that way. No. Figure yourself out. Feel your emotions. Recognize your needs. Identify them within yourself. Don't compare them to me. Don't compare them to your spouse. Don't compare them to your kids. Don't compare them to anyone. Figure yourself out. What are your needs? What makes you uncomfortable? Because what makes me uncomfortable is distinctly different than every single person in this world. And now, yeah, there's similarities. But specifically, like if we listed them out on paper, you and me next to each other, You'd be like, really, that bothers you? And I'd be like, really, that shit bothers you? We are different human beings. We see the world differently. We have different filtering systems. We've had different life experiences. So again, I'm going to emphasize this. Your gauge is specific to you. That personal threshold has to come directly from you. Do not look outside of you to figure out what you are personally comfortable with. Now, back to... uh, the main program. There are those things that you have heightened reactions to. And then, as I said, those things that are a little more benign for you. The things that you have heightened reactions to, this is where you have to determine how serious is it for you. How serious is it for you? And where do you start in that process? Well, it's very simple. What happens to you when you are in the presence of that? What is the trajectory of your emotional state of the rest of your day, of your mindset? How does it ripple out into your life? What happens to you? That's only, only you can figure that out. So I'll use myself as an example, as always. She's a guinea pig over here as well. So If I am in the presence of somebody who is angry with me for whatever reason, whether whether it's a valid thing that I have actually done to hurt them or not, it doesn't fucking make a difference. If I am in front of somebody who is angry with me and they get to a place where they are so angry, they are raising their voice at me and they are name calling me, I don't fucking care if I did something or not at that point. Because I have a trauma response to somebody doing that. Okay? I will always own my shit. I will always have a conversation if someone's upset, whether it's, again, valid or not. I'm always open to those things. But not when somebody 
goes into that place where they cannot control their words and their voice goes up like 10 octaves. It's not happening. I freeze. I shut down. I will not tolerate being in an environment with people who cannot manage and regulate their emotions even when they're upset. You might think, you the individual might think, that is ridiculous, Amy. You don't ever yell and scream. Guess what? Nowadays, no, I don't. You can ask Phil. You can ask anyone in my family. I don't escalate. If you asked me 20 years ago, I'd say, yeah, they nicknamed me Angry Amy. I spent a lot of my life seeing red when I got angry and escalating very quickly because that was the environment that I had grown up in and that is what I was taught and shown. And that is all I know. I did not have coping mechanisms when I was a kid or a teenager. I did not know how to do anything else. There was no, there was absolutely no communication in my house growing up. It was only yelling and screaming. So that was just the mode. That was what we did. Whether you were angry or happy. You were screaming at each other across the house. Like to this day, if I walk into my parents' house to visit and my father is upstairs and my mother is downstairs in the kitchen and she needs to relay a message to him, she does not walk to the bottom of the steps. She does not walk up the stairs. No, no. She stands at the furthest point away from those stairs and she yells to him. Now, my parents are about you know, in their in their late 60s, early 70s, at a certain point, you can't hear very well. That's going to go really fucking well for them, don't you think? But that's not my problem. My point is, is that I just don't want any part of it. But you can see I came from that. And yeah, I did do that. But now I do not do that because I do not like that. All right, so now that you have a full understanding of your personal threshold, again, your personal threshold is coming from where are your personal limits? What are your personal triggers? Where are your personal values at? When you identify those things, this is the type of behavior I value. I value someone who's capable of communicating through conflict in a clear, concise, calm way. So that's my value. I do not value somebody who has to escalate and name call and try to demean me and put me down to feel in control or powerful in that situation. I do not value that. Therefore, that's a limit, right? That's a limit. In other words, there needs to be a boundary there for me. That boundary is important. I can't expect, this goes all the way, we're circling right back to the point of this entire episode. I cannot expect that everybody has that same threshold, that everybody has that same mentality. I cannot assume everybody values things the same way I do. And it is insanity if you're going to walk through this world assuming everybody shares all the same values. Now, you could say basic values. Everybody wants to be happy, Amy. Everybody wants to be at peace. Everybody wants to feel respected. Yes, absolutely. But guess what? Everybody's definition of respect is different. Just like everybody's definition of being rich is different, right? Some people attribute it to money. Other people attribute it to being healthy, right? 
So now take that and put it into the context of anything in your life. We all have a different perspective. Therefore, we all have different boundaries and we have to communicate. So when I tell you that you can't walk around just going, they yelled and screamed at me, so I cut them off completely. No, how about we begin with a basic first step? Let them know what you value and respect. Let them know how to treat you. Tell them the directions. Give it to them. Every time, I've said this before in past episodes, every time you buy a piece of equipment, whether you need them or not, there's a little fucking booklet in there with directions on how to use it. To this day, I've driven a car for how many years? I'm 37 years old. You do the math because I can't. I still sometimes need the fucking manual to tell me what light is lit up on the dashboard. The other day, it was the freaking tire pressure. I don't remember that. It doesn't even look like a damn tire. We're going to need directions. We're going to need directions when we use a new device. We're going to need directions when we meet somebody in our life. We need to give them, communicate them, use your words. Tell them what you need. Tell them what you want. Tell them how you like it. Just like I've said in a past episode about boundary setting, and I don't know which specific episode it is because all of these are about boundary setting, but when you go to a restaurant and you order a burger, you have every right in the world to say no cheese, no onions, medium rare, well done. Why do you have such a hard time when it comes to your interpersonal relationships to say, you know, I love, I would love to have this conversation with you, but I am not going to allow you to speak to me that way. So when you are calm and in a better place, I am open to this conversation. So let's, let's revisit it on another day. Instead of, oh, they fucking yelled, boop, I'm blocking them. Now, once more, for good measure, if I've got to tell you three or more times the same thing about how I would like to be spoken to, then we're going to hit my threshold, which is, okay, you clearly are either not listening, resistant to what I'm saying, or I don't know, you speak a completely different language than me, but at that point, if we've hit a roadblock and and you're not budging, I have to continue to respect me. I don't drop my bound my boundary. I don't abandon my boundary. You heard me. I just like slight of the tongue. Boundary. <laughs> I don't I don't abandon my boundary, okay? I don't neglect it. I don't go, oh, well, they're just not, they're not doing it, so I guess I have to sacrifice and suffer. No, but sidebar, a lot of you do that in your relationships because a lot of you got married or committed to somebody before you actually knew what boundaries were. So I understand the dilemma that you run into because you're like, well, fuck, Amy, I said for better or worse. So I guess that means... I'm stuck suffering the rest of my life. No, you're not. 
No, you're not. The goal in a marriage or a relationship or a partnership of any kind, even like a business partnership, is to work together as a team. And when you have the ability to communicate clearly and, and, and confidently about what you're needing and not be reactive to how they respond to you and continue to uphold your boundaries, take it from me, who has had some of the most difficult relationships in her life, things can be different, things can change. They can. I'm not going to say that happens in every situation, but you have, to, you have to be willing to try. You have to be willing to respect yourself. You have to be willing to know yourself and speak up for yourself. Otherwise, you're fucked. Should I just end the episode there? (laughs) I hope what you take away from this episode is that you shouldn't be too quick, so quick, so quick to cut it off. Because if you haven't yet tried to communicate and you haven't yet respected your own boundary, then you cutting it off, you know, again, context specific. I gave you a little disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. There are certain contexts where it's totally totally, totally okay to do that. And everybody's got a different gauge on what is life-threatening or dangerous at times, right? So like somebody escalating and yelling at me and demeaning me and putting me down is like right up there with the fuck you will. Like you could be holding a knife or calling me a name and that's equivalent to each other in my brain. Right. So everybody like so so don't come at me and be like, yeah, but Amy, there are life threatening situations that that don't involve anybody physically touching you. I'm well aware. Thank you. I just said that. I just tackled that problem for you. Your gauge is different than everybody else's gauge. You have to figure that out first. But if you're trying to maintain and sustain a relationship, cutting people off, making threats, making demands shouting because you're not getting your way rather than just communicating clearly and respecting it on your end and upholding it again and upholding it again and upholding it again. If you're not going to be willing and open to trying that, well, then you're going to have a very lonely life because the only way you can be in a relationship with anyone is by advocating for yourself and being able to connect and relate to each other. I mean, for fuck's sake, you're on a ship. There's a whole crew on a ship and you all have to like bark orders at each other and work together and to make the ship go. And I don't know why I'm picture- picturing like fucking goonies right Amy, that was like an abandoned pirate ship and it doesn't make sense in this story. I know, but like, listen, I gave myself like the rest of the week off after yesterday. I saw clients for the holiday and I took the rest of the week off for myself to just like relax and recharge. And now my brain is just bouncing all around going like, what can we do with all of this time? Oh, well, I guess we have to watch Goonies now. I'll leave you with this one final thought. Communication is a must in, an, in order to understand people's intentions and their boundaries. And that goes on the other, on the reverse side too. Communication is a must for them to understand your intentions and your boundaries as well. 
If you enjoyed this episode, if you're enjoying my other episodes, past episodes of Connect the Dots Bitch podcast, please leave me a kind review, a little blurb. Just take the time and and rate me five stars. <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. If you're streaming me there, if you're not streaming me on Apple, then there is no way to review me, I don't think. But if there is, please leave me one. I appreciate it. I will see you next week. Have a happy holiday. And I'm going to go watch Goonies now. <laughs>